Welcome to The Drift, your resource on all things business strategy, entrepreneurship, and leadership. I'm your host, Aloiza, and today's guest is the CEO and co-founder of Fleur Marche, Ashley Lewis. She's had such an exciting and synergistic journey with her roles at the Creative Artist Agency, the spending time as the Director of Business Development at ClassPass, and the Senior Director of Wellness at Goop, among others. Ashley's taken her passion in healthy experiences to create a premium, personalized wellness marketplace for top quality CBD products. Welcome, Ashley. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. Oh, I'm so excited to have you and to, to really ex- expand more on your story and really where you are today. So let's go ahead and get started. Can you share with us a little background on yourself and what got you started? Totally. So, I mean, you just sort of ran through my most recent uh, professional experiences, but I I can take it back a step further or even a few steps further, I guess. I'm um, born and raised in Los Angeles uh, and really grew up around the film industry, even though neither of my parents was at all involved. They're both lawyers, um, which I probably found to be pretty boring. Uh, So I grew up in Los Angeles. All I ever wanted to do was be a movie producer. And so starting in high school, I had internships. I came home every summer in college and either worked on a movie or at a production office um, and got great advice from one of my mentors from one of those internships that, you know, basically if I wanted to actually be a producer one day, the, the, there was a clear path, which was go to CAA, work there for a year, even if you don't want to be an agent, go um, work as an as an assistant at a production company and try to get promoted at, to be a development executive. And so I followed that path pretty um, closely. I'm I'm I like structure, I'm, <laughs> and that was great to hear. Like, oh, there's you know these four steps. That's what you do, and that's how you become a development executive or start producing movies. Um, and so I did that for about four years after graduating college. I actually traveled for a year and then started at CAA. Um, and after four years, realized that it wasn't actually what I wanted to do with my life. I I spent my whole life to date thinking that that's what I wanted to do. And it, I was doing it finally and wasn't happy. And uh, I realized also that I did not have sort of any skills other than reading scripts and thinking about how to put them together as movies and thinking, you know, thinking about who should write them and who should star in them and all that. So I decided to go to business school on a whim, I think very honestly, uh, another colleague of mine at the production company where I worked was applying to business school and she was in more of a finance function there, which I didn't think about at the time, but I was like, oh, I'll go to business school because I knew I didn't want to go to law school because of all of those sort of lawyers in my family. Um, so I went to business school and very quickly sort of swung the pendulum to the other side and was like, I'll be in finance, I'll be a consultant and realized pretty quickly that I am a creative at heart. And so those very sort of quantitative focused analytical positions weren't for me. (laughs) I just wasn't going to find joy. So then I kind of tempered myself slightly and really landed on marketing as the thing I wanted to do coming out of business school, which felt like a happy medium of both creative and more structured analytical database thinking. So I came out of business school. I worked, my first job was working at Mattel on the Barbie brand. I was a brand manager for Barbie, which was an amazing experience. It was during a time when Barbie was kind of just being pummeled, not only in the market, but but socially, you know, just sort of being, we had mothers who would come in to 
consumer testing groups and say, if I do nothing else as a mother, I will have succeeded if there are never Barbies in my house. <laughs> so it was a really interesting time to be there and sort of understand how they were taking those cues from the market and figuring out how to turn them around and, and how to, you know, keep this decades old brand alive. Sorry, if you hear weird sounds, it's my dog who is snoring in the background. Um, so I worked at Barbie for a few years and then I got an opportunity to go launch the LA office of ClassPass, which was, I, I was loving my time at Mattel. I, I didn't want to leave, but coming out of business school, the idea of, of a startup was so interesting to me. And I, you know, really wanted to do something like that and, and had this opportunity to really start something from the ground up. ClassPass was pretty new, even in New York where it, it had really been founded. Um, and they needed someone to, to launch the entire operation in LA. And I, um, kind of jumped at the chance and so left Mattel to go start ClassPass in Los Angeles. We we launched, quickly made LA the sort of second highest performing city after New York. And then um, the teams were kind of consolidated in in New York City. I'm an LA girl at heart, so I wasn't ready to move. So I, I switched over to a business development function and then and there got the chance to work with partners like Outdoor Voices when they were new. Nike was a huge partner. We spent a lot of time going up to Portland, which was very exciting. Mind Body, um, you know, all kinds of, of press juice at the very beginning of press juicery. So a lot of really cool opportunities there. Um, and then that kind of helped me parlay my my career at, into Goop, where I took on a whole new kind of wellness experience. I had gone from sort of fitness. And, and activity focused wellness more over to the supplements and um, sort of beauty or beauty meets wellness adjustable side. And at Goop, I ran the wellness vertical on the e-com side. So Goop is, has sort of the content function and then also the e-com function. And I was in charge of product development and also um, building up a third-party merchandising business. So I rolled out Goop's Vitamins, which was the first wellness product, and then also um, sort of built up Goop's Clean Wellness Shop. So all of the like, you know, fun wellness products that you saw there really sort of helped start that. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of brings me to date, or I guess actually I skipped one important step. Coming out of Goop, I, I loved my time at Goop. It really I met amazing people, including my co-founder, uh, and had a blast. It is similar to CAA where they say like if you work at CAA you're kind of at the center of the universe um of the entertainment universe like all the scripts come through all the big actors you know like everything that's happening like can you know goes through the, some desk or another at CAA this it felt like the same thing at Goop anything that's happening in beauty or wellness or lifestyle comes through a desk at Goop and so you really do feel like you're at the epicenter of things um and it was at Goop where I first learned about CBD uh, and decided that that was something that I really wanted to dive into and and focus on more. Um, and coming out of Goop was, was sort of how we and Goop was the the structure of Goop was also the inspiration for what we built the floor ship. So that was a long winded answer, but that's how we got to where we are today. No, it, you know it's perfect because I mentioned it in the intro. Like there's so many synergies between the different roles that you've gone through, and I think you know at its core, I think of having an entrepreneur spirit from the very beginning. Um, and then also really taking this unique blend of 
creative marketing, branding to help elevate other brands. And I think that's something that was very evident across all of your roles that you operated in. And, you know, when it comes to creative brand marketing, you know, I think one of the most powerful pieces that I've always seen is more of like the concept of storytelling. In order for any sort of brand, any product to be able to market effectively, they have to be able to tell a compelling story and speak in a way that customers and consumers want to listen to and engage in. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's so funny. I do actually say I, I didn't going into business school and maybe even coming out, I didn't think that my experience in entertainment would have been relevant at all. But it's true. I mean, that's, I was, I learned how to tell stories when I was working sort of as an assistant and then as a development executive and sort of how do you craft and perfect the right story that is going to actually um, connect with an audience or, or, or one, a viewer, or, you know, one consumer. If you can get one person who like really connects with this story, like then you've succeeded. And I think that has actually been a through line in my career as, yeah, thinking about about marketing, thinking about audiences, how do you build the product that people want, and then how do you explain to them that it is what they need. Right. And it's more important too, as you're going into the e-commerce space, because now you need to think of strategies to help craft this perfect story for multiple brands and multiple products. And I kind of want to take a couple steps back as well and really think about your time at Goop. Um, they say one of the biggest ways to attract a following is through supplying endless and endless amounts of valuable resources, information, content. How do you think about content and education as a means to connect brands to consumers? I think, I mean, one, it's the easiest answer is very important <laughs> because if you don't have sort of content and education, you're a little bit of like a lifeless, you're not really a brand, right? You're a product. Uh, I think what makes brand a brand is sort of what, what's the meat and the guts behind um, what they're selling. And we really were inspired by Goop. I think Goop has a, I mean, this is not saying anything uh, new, but Goop has a best in class content machine that really provides an in-depth, well-researched, really well sort of thought out content to help you make decisions about your own life. Um, and they're not making, you know, recommendations. They're literally just providing information. And so that was something that we really took with us and that was important. However, as I mentioned before, both my co-founder and I came from the e-com side of the business. So we you know, were not well-trained in copywriting and journalism, as were a lot of sort of the editors of Goop. And, and for us, because we had a marketplace, we realized that it was important to provide education that could help our customers make a decision about purchase. Um, and that for us, like that's sort of how content and education became important. Uh, first, and then I will say second, given the category that we operate in CBD, which is still so misunderstood, even though now we've had a couple of years of it really being on the mainstream market. It was also really important to us that we provided snackable, digestible information and education about CBD that our customers could find valuable, but also didn't feel like they had to like read a research report. Like we didn't want our content to feel onerous or sort of uh, dense enough that they were to sort of sort of say like, I'm fine. I, like, I don't understand this. Like, I don't have time to read all this stuff. Um, so that's all to say, I, I think not only the content that you're putting out, but the format of the content, like the, the kind of content you put out is also like really important sort of must align with your brand. For us, that meant, even very tactically, a lot of infographics, a lot of charts, you know, or, or like very easy to understand charts, a lot of, you know, pictures as we were describing this very complex thing, because we wanted our customer to be able to 
see the information, um, digest it quickly, and then feel like they had a better, much better understanding of CBD that would allow them to either make a purchase right away or mull over it, think about how it could affect, you know, be valuable in their lives, and then come back to us. So on our site, we do have a pretty built out, we call it like a learn uh, tab on the site where you can go and get answers to the most asked CBD questions in a pretty sort of easy to understand and snackable way. You know, you know, I'm thinking back and really reflecting on your responses right now. I actually am starting to realize that throughout all of your roles, it's very much so customer at the forefront, um, the customer's journey at the forefront. Even back when you were in the production space, the customer was the audience. So you were tailoring the production. You were tailoring the stories on how the customers were going to react. As you tapped into the health and wellness space, you started to also think about all right, how is health and wellness evolving over time? And I think that's so important now as you step into or have been stepping into more of the CBD, health and wellness, marketplace, e-commerce space, because at the end of the day, the customer journey really has to be at the forefront of everything that you're doing. That makes me so happy to hear you say that. It, like, I literally, oh, <laughs> makes my heart flutter. Um, yeah, I, I, I think so. I, you know, I don't know how to do it any other way. As you were saying that, I realized, I was like, you are right. I think the customer has been at the forefront. Um, and even when that's conscious or unconscious, that's true. It's the way that, you know, we think about Flor Marche in the most immediate, but it, this has been so true. All of my roles is really like, what are we delivering a product that anybody wants, right? Like for, you're not going to have a successful business if no one's interested in buying what you have to sell. Uh, and so the way for me, there are a lot of ways to achieve a product that people want to buy. For us, it really has been like, what, where's the need in the market? How can we help people um, to do something or get something or experience something that will make their lives better. Um, and whether that's because it's more healthy or more fun in the case of entertainment, you know, or more enjoyable, or in the case of class pass, uh, you know, uh, just more active, you know, like what, what does the customer need and how do you then ladder up everything you're doing to, to deliver on that? Mm, absolutely. You know, actually along the same lines with the customer journey, I think, guiding them throughout every single phase in that journey is so important, especially as when it comes to making a good first impression. How do you see more of the personalization process evolve as it relates just honestly helping consumers find the right CBD products and get educated correctly? I think it's the way of the future. I think personalization and customization really is the next, it's not even a frontier. There's a lot of really awesome brands doing it now, but um we figured we learned early on that every customer has a slightly you know no two customers are the same and everyone has slightly different needs and slightly different questions about how cbd can incorporate into their personal you know routine or or lifestyle and so uh early on we developed this quiz that's now appears on our site that sort of allows you to to go through and and explain to us in in five questions or less why you're interested in CBD, what your history is with it, what you what you're hoping that it'll help you achieve, and if there's any specific kind of product format that's interesting to you or that you're looking to explore, um, because we would find that like three different people who have the same needs, it wasn't enough. We, we we've segmented our site pretty thoroughly to help you shop based on format or need. So you can shop if you need pain, you know pain relief, you can shop if you need um, sleep relief, things like that. But three people who want sleep relief can actually look very different 
and so, and especially when you're dealing with something like CBD, which as I said before, is still just is largely understood, I mean, misunderstood, excuse me. And, and people still have so many questions about what it does, how it makes you feel, what it's good for, what it's not good for, what the studies say, et cetera. It felt really important to give everyone as customized an experience as possible so that they could actually find that value. Because on the flip side of everyone being interested in CBD are also the detractors who are saying, this is snake oil, it doesn't do anything, it's all bogus. And so we wanna, as, as much as, as we can, take every new CBD customer and make sure that they have an optimal experience so that they do come back and do become champions of the category and say, no, CBD actually does work. And it might not work for you the same way it works for me, but that's the beauty of it, right? And so if we can help um, find, help everyone find their exact sort of match in terms of product format, dose, et cetera, like that's, you know, we think that's a win because that just keeps people coming back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the space that the sector that you're operating in can be such such a delicate balance. And in order to maintain that balance, it really comes down to maintaining customer trust. I, I love your statement, you know, back at your time in Goof, like you're not making recommendations, you're providing information. And I've always been a firm believer that content education has a means to connect communities and people. And thinking about trust, I think transparency really is the fundamentals in creating that pathway and establishing trust. So can you walk us through your thoughts on providing transparency for both your internal team and then also your customers? So our, our, our brand pillars are trust, transparency, and curation. I think we started, we realized there was an opportunity to start a CBD company in 2017, early 2018, before CBD was like really on the main stage. Um, and the opportunity we, we saw is there's, there's this cool thing called CBD. We've now both realized that it really works for us and has had life-changing benefits, but there's so much confusion, but there's still, you know, at that time, there weren't a lot of high quality products. There were some, but it was hard to understand like how to vet those products, like where to find them, um, and what to look for. And so we felt like there was an opportunity to provide that service to consumers, but if we were going to be a platform that people can, you know, came to and continued to return to, we really needed to establish early on credibility as a recommender of product or a, a provider, you know, a platform where you could go find product. And, and, and I think tantamount to that was really being as transparent as possible, not only with, um, with inside of our team, but I'm, I'm talking about product first. I'll talk about internally in a minute, but um, for our customers, what's in these products? What are the tech, like what are those steps that we take to vet the product so that you understand exactly when we say we have high standards, what does that mean? Um, a lot of people talk about their high standards. We wanted you to know exactly what we're doing um, to, to keep you safe and make sure that the products we provide are of the utmost quality. Um, and also we were really transparent about what we did, didn't know. I think I remember in 2020 at some point there was this vape crisis where people across the country were vaping and dying from it because there were sort of like weird ingredients being cut into the vapes or, or they were vaping substances that they shouldn't have. And we, to that point, we're, we were selling a vape product that we knew that it was really high quality, but we really didn't know more, much more about it. And so we took the product off the site until we could learn more. We interviewed a ton of people. We put that you know content on our site and we also just sort of talked to people we respected and trusted in this industry about how to make sure that we were delivering a safe, high quality product. And, and only once we felt confident that the product we were carrying was safe, do we put it back. 
Um, so that's all to say, just I think like transparency is the most important thing to us. As we've then, as we've now built out our own product, we've carried that through. So on the back of our own uh, wellness patches, which we can talk about in a minute, but there's a QR code that links directly to our uh, COAs, which stands for Certificate of Analysis, which shows you um, the studies that we've uh, performed on our raw materials and on our finished product. Um, it's also listed on the site. You can also sort of like see that right there. But you know, we really are trying hard to make sure that you feel like if there's information you need before making a purchase, we're we can provide it to you. Internally, you know, we're a small team, so it's easy to be pretty transparent. I think we're kind of an open book. That's also just my style. I would say as a CEO, is you know, everybody kind of knows everything because one, I think it's too hard <laughs> to do it any other way for me right now, given the size of our business. You know, I just. I'm a talker. I want I want feedback. I want input, and I'm I'm really open to the idea that everybody else's ideas could be a lot better than mine. Especially because you know we really try to hire people that we think are smarter than us. Um, and so transparency from a like sort of like org structure perspective, I think, is is easy. And it's something that I will say like in previous companies has always it's been frustrating to me if I felt like I, I've never been at a you know, I've been at wonderful companies, but with wonderful people who always have the right intentions. But if I've, if I've experienced like sugarcoating in terms of like reporting or what the state of the business is, or ever felt like I didn't really know what was going on, it was definitely like bothered me. It sort of felt like a thorn in my side and I, and I knew what was going on. I, I knew I didn't know something and it just, I think can affect your experience working for a company. And I just don't want to ever perpetuate that. So at least for right now, when we're a tiny team, you know, everybody really is privy to everything. And that's so powerful. And, you know, I think a lot of the times we grew up with this notion that, you know, the executives, they kind of have to keep things hush hush, depending on like where the company is going, the, the current performance of the, of the company, because I think deep down there may have been this fear, you know, and I think it translates also too to the consumer side. There, there's this fear that, oh, maybe if we speak too much about how we're creating our products, how we're delivering our brand or service offerings, maybe something might not necessarily happen in our favor. But I love the fact that you are operating outside of this concept of fear and, and really pushing transparency forward. And that's something that easily is something that uh, customers are, are, are able to notice as well. 100%. And that's what we want. We want our customers to feel like we're an open book. They know what's in the product. They know how we think about making it. You know, that it's ethical. When we when we aren't up to snuff, that like we're working on it, and it's something that's important to us. So I would say, like even you know, and not to call this out, but I, I think our sustainability efforts are are. I mean, it's important to us, of course, already. But like you know, we have a single use product that you throw away after you use it. It's a it's a patch, which is the you know our own product, and um, we're really trying to figure out how to do our part, um, given that that's the format of our product. And so what can we do and how do we make it better? And if we can't yet affect the actual product, like what are we doing outside of it to make sure that we are giving back to the earth what we're taking from it, right? And, and I think like we're about to sort of start talking to our customers about, about that. Not that anyone's asked yet, but we want to make sure that we're ahead of it. Just know this is important to us. We don't think we're performing up, you know, at the level we'd like to yet. Um, but here's what we're doing to, to get there. Mm, that's, I love that. Um, you know, kind of thinking back more into the eyes of the customers, we talked about how 
how we're essentially using content education to be able to create this community, reduce the barriers of entry, simplifying the custom pro- customer process, truly educating them on the realities, and then also qualifying the products and creating this really unique and fun experience for your customers. This is so incredibly powerful when it comes to more of like, I guess we talk about like the marketing funnel, like how do you put, how do you put customers more into the funnel? And the reality is too, is like, how do we keep them there? How do we continue enhancing the relationship? So what are some of the drivers that you're seeing in enhancing that relationship with your customers? I mean, I think transparency certainly is one, you know, we just have an open dialogue with a lot of our customers and, um, you know, if they have questions or challenges or, you know, we're very open to having that conversation and explaining our process and getting feedback on how we can do it better. I literally actually just changed myself. I went into our email system yesterday and updated an email that we send um, asking for, was it a review email? I don't remember. It was sort of like, it was an automated email that goes out to every customer at a certain point in their life cycle. Um, And one of our customers sort of felt like, felt that it wasn't transparent enough and wasn't, she sort of felt, confused about it and was really frustrated. And I emailed her directly, uh, jumped into our CX email, emailed her directly and let her know that I thought she had a good point. And, and I made that, I made the change then and there. Uh, so I think, you know, being really responsive to our customers' needs and concerns is, is most important. And I think with higher, you know, if I was going to put an umbrella on that, it really is like CX, I think. Doing the right thing always, whether, the, even if it frustrates me, you know, like sometimes we have customers who, don't get their package on time or they're, and they're tough on us, you know, as, as everyone is now on, on customer service, you know, you can, it's frustrating and, and it's easy to sort of lash out at a customer service email, right. Cause it doesn't feel like there's a human behind it, but regardless of, of that, I think we try to be as, as responsive as possible um, and understand like, as empathetic as possible uh, in terms of whether it's with a packaging or shipping issue or a product issue, right. Someone's like, this didn't work for me. Like, I don't like this. It didn't work for me to try to be as accommodating as possible in terms of trying to find them something that they can. And so I think just, I think it's, it's authenticity and truly caring about the customer. That's sort of how you establish a strong relationship. Like if you really care and you're authentically yourself, that's how it starts to build and grow. Yeah. This is so refreshing to hear because I truly see more of the branding side out of this instead of the marketing, you know, over time, I've always been like, you know, yeah, brand marketing, they're the same, right? But the reality it is, you can you can market a product, you can market a service, you can market anything. But when it comes to building a brand and creating this sense of belonging for your customers and then eventually creating this level of trust too, which will then translate over to truly brand advocacy and everything that you're speaking to right now about maintaining trust, being responsive, just always putting your customers at the forefront of everything you're doing is incredibly powerful. Thank you. I mean, that it's so yeah. funny. Like that's the easiest part too. It's just thinking about the customer. There's a lot mm-hmm. of other hard things about running a business and trying to like, you know, get people to like what you're making and all and tell, explain to them what it is and all that. But thinking about the customer and how to better serve them is really is sort of, that comes naturally, which is great. And that, you know, it's an important part of all of this. So. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, well, any exciting things coming up that we can expect from you and Floor Marche? Well, I've alluded a few times to our patch. So in February, we launched, we, we started, we, you know, it wasn't clear. We started as a marketplace. And, and for most of our the life of our business, we're really just selling other brands. Uh, because again, that was really important in terms of trust and credibility. We didn't want to come out of the gate and say, 
oh, here's everything you need to know about CBD. Buy our product. We wanted to be able to say, we, you know, we didn't make this product. We just think it's awesome. And, and here, you know, as if we were your best friend making a recommendation about a beauty product. Like, here's what we love and what you th we think you would love to. Um, but we did start to see holes in the market and opportunities to deliver something that wasn't readily available and wasn't sort of like really being capitalized on enough and something that, you know, for, in a format that we thought was really valuable. Um, so in February of this year, we launched our first product, uh, Fleur Marche product, which is a CBD wellness patch. We have four different patches, sex, sleep, relief, and energy. Um, so that's been very exciting. Like the, the uptake and, and response to the patches has been awesome, um, which is amazing. And you will soon see them in some major retailers for the holiday season. I can't yet say which ones, but you know, some big department stores, some of your favorite gyms. Um, so keep a lookout for those. And coming later this year, at the end of the year, we will have another um, sort of take on those patches, which I, again, I can't reveal quite yet, but it's it's sort of like the next gen of, of our original patch, um, which is, is very exciting. So stay tuned. Oh, goodness. I'm, I'm over here sitting over at the end of my chair trying to understand. All right, can I know? I want to know. That sounds really exciting. <laughs> Well, I know a question for you. If you could give advice to a young woman that is desiring to be a future entrepreneur, what would you share with them? So I could I could share like a lot of like inspirational, like just you know, no time like the present. The easiest way to start is to start. Um, you know, there's going to be good days and bad days. But like if you're doing something you love, there's all that stuff that you've heard and I agree with. Very tactically, I would offer a few pieces of advice. First and foremost, you know, know what you're getting into. This is hard. Like. It's hard and it can be emotionally debilitating uh, because, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of trying and failing and figuring out how to get up and do it better the next time or make it work a little bit better than that. So I, I think, you know, get ready for the ride. It's hard, but it's really gratifying. And it becomes your baby. Even when you hate it, you're still like, you know, you, you can't help but think about it and figure it and, and want to make it work right so it's so that's also exhilarating and exciting um but and then second also like very very tactically it's really like think of figure out product market fit before you really like dive in like think about a product that people really want to buy because it just makes the entire experience easier and and much more successful right i mean it sounds like stupid advice but i think there's so many companies out there that just like are selling products or services that they haven't truly like vetted with the customer. Like they're not, you know, they had a hunch, but they didn't really make sure that it's something that people wanted. And that makes their hard. I mean, that makes their, their journey just so much harder. Um, and so if you think you have a great idea, like go ask your friends, ask friends and family, send out surveys, like do as, do whatever you can to sort of get as much, validation of that concept before you go out and then don't be afraid to change it sorry guys this is my dog it's so loud um don't be afraid to pivot if you you thought you had it and it didn't work but you have another idea like go do that it just make sure that the product is something people want because it just makes life so much easier amazing well thank you ashley for your time and as mentioned make sure to check out Fleur marche for an elevated retail experience and exploring top cbd products as a compliment to your wellness routine. Looking to hear more about what's happening in the health, wellness, and sports industry? Subscribe to this podcast, and we'll catch you next time on The Drift. <laughs>